gospel message this morning comes to us from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting, there, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I do not yet ascend to the Father. But go, from, go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Has anybody told you today that you're the beloved of God? Oh, you are. Beloved sons, beloved daughters, I know some of you don't believe me, but that's okay. Beloved, beloved, beloved. Peter, would you play a B-flat for me? Thank you. That's all I need. I am not singing. I just wanted you to hear the note that comes from a black hole. Did you see the pictures of the black hole? That note, B-flat. Except it's 30 octaves below middle C. (coughs) Bass section, can you hit me with that? (laughs) We can't even hear it, but it's a B-flat that's emanating out of this black hole that we've actually now seen a picture of. Do any of you wonder what is on the other end of a black hole? 
We know that it's sucking energy and substance and matter into it. Even light cannot escape from it. And on the first glance, it looks like it's utter destruction. But that matter is going somewhere. And it is part of what God has created 13.8 billion years ago. And it's part of this cycle of death and resurrection. The cosmos exists as evidence of death and resurrection. Death and resurrection, our very planet is part of that process. We are part of that process. And Jesus was just pointing to the language that God has been speaking for 13.8 billion years, give or take a few hundred million. The choir sang today about a grain of wheat falling into the earth. Jesus said, lest a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains but a single grain. But if it dies, it will bear fruit. And then Jesus himself showed us what the rhythm of death and resurrection looks like. The Gospel writer of John wrote to a congregation. Some scholars say at about the year 110 A.D. And John wrote that exquisite piece of theology, that Gospel which described who Jesus the Christ is. More than Jesus of Nazareth, but the cosmic Christ, the Christ who in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Gospel writer of John understood that that early Christian community understood that there are layers and layers of meaning in symbol, in metaphor, in Scripture. The first one to understand resurrection is Mary. God chose a woman to be the first evangelist, the first to proclaim that Jesus the Christ had risen from the dead. And she runs to tell the disciples who are still probably locked up in fear. And Peter and John have a foot race to get to the tomb to see with their own eyes. Now the early church understood John to be the one whom Jesus loved. Pointing to Christians who are motivated by love. The early church understood Peter to be the first pope, to be the one who was in some ways charged with maintaining order in the church. Peter representing the law. 
Who gets to the empty tomb first? The one motivated by love. Peter, representing law, he gets there, but it takes a while for the legalist to get, understand resurrection. Love always understands resurrection before the law. Our denomination as United Methodists is wrestling with this even now, and I trust that Christians throughout the world are wrestling with will we be Christians of law and order, or will we be Christians of love? And the Easter story, according to John, encourages us to be Christians of love. The legalists will get there to the empty tomb, but God needs Christians who understand the flow of love to convey the message of resurrection. Now, resurrection doesn't always happen on our terms. It doesn't always happen in our timeline. I wish it did, but it doesn't. Richard Rohr, in his new book recently, reminds us that all will be well in the end. And if it doesn't seem like it's well yet, well, you're not near the end yet. It will be well in the end because that's how God has hardwired our lives and how God has hardwired the cosmos. Now, I know that sometimes our lives feel much more like Good Friday than Easter. And I know some of you have shared with me your journey through grief and loss. And Good Friday seems to last for a lot longer than just one day. Sometimes we walk through the Good Fridays of our lives for months or even for years. And all we can get in touch with is our grief, our, our missing someone whom we've loved. And it seems like there is no resurrection. And sometimes we find ourselves in seasons of Holy Saturday where we know our losses, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a relationship, a loss of a hope that was never fulfilled, a dream that has been dashed, but we don't quite know resurrection yet and we are in this in between space of Holy Saturday spirituality. And sometimes that lasts a long time. But we who are people of Christian faith know that resurrection will have the last word. Easter will have the last word, although Easter for us does not always happen on the same date as the calendar Easter. Sometimes Easter takes a long time to get to, but let me describe to you how it comes to some. I have known people who have lost a loved one and for weeks and months 
They are in liminal space. They don't know which direction is up and where to go. It is a blinding darkness that feels like we're in just the dead of night and we cannot see our hand in front of our face, and that is real. And when we think of our loved one, we can't help but to cry. Folks have described to me when they get to a holy Saturday where they still feel numb and they still feel that wound, but they don't always cry when they think of their loss or their loved one. But those who have made it to their own Easter describe this. They can think of their loved one with a smile. They still miss them. They still hurt. But they can smile because of the memories they have and because they know their loved one is okay and they know that they'll be okay too. That is a glimpse of resurrection. When we can think back on our losses and our griefs and smile with a sense that we have survived our loved one is okay in God's hands and has been restored to fullness of life. And we know that grief does not have the last word. Some of you know that um, Richard Rohr has been sending out emails to people every day. I think his list of Emails is over 320,000 people every day, and I'm grateful to be one of them. Richard spoke from that pulpit in 2017, and uh, he continues to inform us. His latest book is called The Universal Christ, How a Forgotten Reality Can Change Everything We See, Hope For, and Believe. It debuted a few weeks ago at number 11 on the New York Times bestseller list. I want to read just a paragraph that may help us understand resurrection with more breadth and depth and meaning because God's hope for us is that we have eyes that see resurrection everywhere. Richard writes, Nothing is the same forever, says modern science. 98% of our body's atoms are replaced every year. Geologists with good evidence over millennia can prove that no landscape is permanent. Water, fog, steam, and ice are all the same thing but at different stages and temperatures. Resurrection is another word for change, but particularly positive change, which we tend to see only in the long run. In the short run, it often just looks like death. Friends, we are invited to look for change not as something to struggle against, 
but as something that might bear the seeds of resurrection. It may look like death to us at first glance, but we're invited to look long-term and to see how God might bring new life and resurrection through change that we initially resist. Initially, it looks like death to us. We're invited to a trust that God is doing something good in the midst of that change. I don't know if the congregations gathered today in Paris or in the parking lots of burned out churches, predominantly black churches in Louisiana that were torched by an arsonist who seems to have been racist. I don't know what congregations in Sri Lanka are feeling about resurrection right now because of the bombings that took place in numerous churches this morning in Sri Lanka. But the Easter message for them and for us is that God is going to bring new life out of this. That's why we have begun in this church collecting money to help Notre Dame rebuild. So that when any of us go there in the future, or our kids or our grandkids go there in the future, they'll be able to say to whoever they meet there, my church helped with the rebuilding. It was a small donation, but it was heartfelt. Someday when we may be traveling through Louisiana or visiting any church of any ethnic group, we will know that this church prioritizes caring for those who have been attacked because of their race and their church is going to be rebuilt because of humble, generous offerings that we make. We may now need to send a message of solidarity and hope to our brothers and sisters in Christ in Sri Lanka. We've put it on our website. If you want to make an online donation, go down to miscellaneous and click on that box and just fill in rising from the ashes or to restore burned churches. Earmark it on your checks and we will make sure that money gets there. Did any of you see that when the firefighters went into Notre Dame the next day, they found candles that were lit from the previous day, lit by faithful folks who were there to pray, and those candles stood quiet witness as the destruction and chaos burned all around them and the next day, amid puddles of water in the sanctuary, these candles stood vigil, proclaiming the faithfulness of those who have gone before the fire. Friends, Christ himself has lit a light within each one of us. 
And there is no amount of fire or water or destruction or chaos that can put that light out. It is lit by grace. Our job, if it is a job, perhaps better said, our delight is to give thanks for that light, to know that it doesn't come from us, and to share that light with others. Because God loves more than just Christians. God loves all people because God created all seven point whatever billion of us. And we're invited to trust that in the no matter whatness of our lives, God is bringing new hope, new life, resurrection. Christ is risen. Amen.